Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, it's Justin Hock here from RightSource in the great outdoors, talking NFP and mergers and acquisitions, something that's really, really interesting space when you're looking at not-for-profits and how they grow, how they merge. Um, there's a lot of talk, or has been for a number of years now, about rationalizing and how not-for-profits can get the scale they need to really make a difference. And so that's what I thought I'd talk to you about today. At least this is a start, we'll do a couple of videos on this. So the first one I really want to talk about is, is scaling your not-for-profit. And in working with not-for-profits, you see this very regularly um, where not-for-profits reach a ceiling in terms of their growth. So they, they grow, 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 and then bang, they stop. And you see a couple of years, they keep trying to grow and try different things, and they just don't get past. And you sort of get the, the million-dollar turnover, three million, six million, fifteen million, then probably towards the twenty-five million. Each of these stages, you, you see organisations they'll they'll get some new funding or new geography, and they'll grow and then bang, they'll stop, and they'll stay like that for a number of years. And there's nothing wrong, first to preface it, there's nothing wrong if that's the scale you want to be. That's fine. That's, that's cool. What I'm talking about is organizations that keep trying to grow, um, but, but struggle to. And I suppose what I'm trying to help is provide some insights into the challenges with that and um, some of the, the thought processes you can go through to help push through that barrier. Now, scaling, whether you're talking not-for-profit or for-profit, it's all about growth but before growth before you can grow you need to invest which is just another way of saying spend money but this is the same in whatever organization you're working with if you're going to grow you have to invest in your organization now what investing in your organization what are you doing is you're investing in the capability of the organization so that can be a number of things it can be um, investing in uh, greater space to do your services it can be investing in in people, um, it can be investing in technology, it can be investing in growing your knowledge of your organization, developing the skills of your organization. Um, all of these things are about investing in the capability of the organization because to move from whatever level you are to another level, you need to know how to do things differently. You need more knowledge, you need more capability to be able to do that. The peculiarity with that is that when you look at your financial reports, if, you invest in that, if you're investing in that capability to then allow for growth to happen, along that path, that initial investment will look like you're increasing your overheads. Well, I mean, you are increasing your overheads. That's what capability tends to be. But the increased overheads is what's gonna give you the increase to disproportionately increase your capacity to do more. And this is the first real mindset thing that's a challenge for a lot of people are not-for-profits and, and particularly the boards. CEOs tend to get it a bit quicker, but the, the boards can sometimes struggle because when you start talking about well, we're going to increase our overheads for a period of time so we can grow, it's not really the message that people want to hear from a not-for-profit. So it, it, is, it does take a little bit of, while, of a while to understand how you can, how you can message that. And it, it really is not saying, well, we're going to increase overheads. It's saying we're going to invest in, invest in capability 
what that capability is you're investing and then what the outcome of that is you're trying to achieve. So it's really trying to push people past the, yes, overhead's increasing for a little while, but then after that, what we're actually going to be able to do is service 50% more of our customer base or deliver better services or whatever it is that you're doing. And to do that, you have to go through this hurdle. The next issue with not-for-profits is, well, okay, we're investing money in our organization. It's great if we've got funds, but where do we get funds from if we're not? Because they're not-for-profit. We can't do what for-profits do, and that's go and ask shareholders for money because there are no shareholders. You don't get seed capital. You can't do an IPO. You can't do a capital raise. So how does a not-for-profit get that funding to do that investment? There's two ways. Obviously, if you've got... The easier path is if you do have funds or available reserves, it's really tapping into those reserves to create that capability. This really requires planning and, and good process because if you're going to tap into your reserves for a period of time, reduce those to then come out the other side and actually increase your capability so that you can replenish and grow those reserves further and your capability, there is obviously a plan that needs to be in place and that needs to be well met well managed and measured to make sure that you don't just spend your reserves and you got nothing left. So, and it's a risk. So it's a bit of a risk taking exercise as well. And that's the easy way. Now, the harder way is then to look at, well, we've got no funds or we've got limited funds. How do we get funds? And as I said before, not-for-profits can't go to the share market and say, hey, can we need some equity please? But they can do something similar. It depends on how you look at those who are giving money to your organization. If you look at them as donors and those donors are giving money that you must give to your cause, well, that's one way to look at it and I suppose that's the generic way. If you look a bit deeper, what donors are often looking at, is, and especially now I think you're seeing a lot more, um, a lot more work done by donors in terms of the pre-work and who they're going to give to because they want to understand the impact your organization is making. So donors want to come along on a journey. They want to be part of a story. They want to be part of an impact and doing good. Now, part of an impact that your organization can make is obviously delivering services, but is also growing capability. So part of your story to your donor base and to those that you're doing your fundraising through is to say, look, this is our goal. This is the impact we want to make. Like, not just today, but in the future, we want to you know, solve homelessness or we want to find a cure to this disease or we want to fix youth unemployment. These are big goals that need big scale. And to achieve that, we're going to grow our capability to achieve those goals. We're not going to necessarily be able to give all the money that we get away straight away. We're doing it to grow our capability to fix a larger problem. Now, if you can sell that story and bring people along for the journey, that's when they'll invest in your organization. Yes, it's a donation because they're not getting any return for it financially, but they're getting a social return. They're getting that part of the story. And in some respects, this is like risk capital. It's like they're throwing you money that they have, once they've given it to you, it's completely at, at the risk of them that they've given it to the right organization because it's up to you to use that in a way that really makes a difference and makes an impact. So that process, that fundraising process or risk capital process, that is something that takes, um, again, good planning 
and a period of time to develop, to develop the story, to bring people on the journey and to develop the internal knowledge on how you run that process consistently over a long period of time to then build the funds, to build the capability to make the impact that you're making. And that's why scaling is hard. I mean, it's not just about asking your board um, what networks do they know and there's someone they, that might be able to drop in a, a, uh, a chunk of money or ask the government to give, give you some more funds so that you might be able to do it or find that, that philanthropic interest who really sees what you're doing and is happy to give you cash just on, you know, best wishes. It's, it's a more structured approach, it's a more meaningful approach and it's, it's something to be done on purpose. And with all of that, there is no silver bullet. There is no guarantee this is going to work. You might put all this effort in for three or four years and it might not work, but that, that's the game we're in. That's business, that's, that's trying to solve, that's working in the not-for-profit space and trying to solve big problems that no one else has been able to solve yet. There's a risk, but you're having a crack. And one of the sayings I always tell myself when, it's, when you are stepping out of your comfort zone and trying to do something no one else has ever done before is that if you only ever do what you can, you'll never be more than what you are. And I think even if you have a try and fail, you will have grown and learnt and be more capable of succeeding in future. So I encourage everyone to do that. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.